Welcome to the Solo to CEO podcast for female coaches who are ready to focus on their expertise and scale their business while their systems do the rest. I'm your host, Rebecca Marioki, a systems and automations expert with a knack for anything on a spreadsheet, a mom of three beautiful kids, including twins, a wife and a business owner. For years, I wanted to be in control of my income and wealth while making impact, but I struggled to see how I could do this while working my hectic corporate job. I dabbled into the online business world, but soon realized that the overwhelm of wearing all the hats in my business meant that I couldn't run things the way I had always done. And that's why I started this podcast, to show you the possibilities of where you could take your coaching business with the right systems in place to better manage your tasks, teams, clients, you name it. Tune in every week for actionable steps to help you go from busy solopreneur to boss CEO so you can scale your business with ease, stay in your zone of genius and have the time to do the things that light you up. Let's get started. Okay, popping in here really quickly to share a new resource that I know is absolutely going to blow your mind. Insert the mind blown emoji right here. (laughs) I am introducing a brand spanking new resource called the Find Your Project Management Mojo Quiz. I get it. Running a business, serving clients and wearing all the hats in your business is fun at first until you realize that your business has become your life. If you are wondering how to escape this hustle mentality, get more time freedom and white space in your calendar and scale your business CEO style, this quiz is just for you. Think of it. What would you do with an extra two hours every week? Would you take a well-needed break? Would you brainstorm your next million Would you brainstorm your next million dollar idea? Would you bake a cake? Okay, I just had to put that in there because I love baking. Or would you spend more time with your family? By taking this two minute quiz, I can assure you that if you follow the steps to leveling up your system of managing your day to day tasks based on your quiz results, you are going to get back two hours of your work week guaranteed. Once you get your customized success plan, which will be delivered into your inbox after completing the quiz, drop me a DM on Instagram and tell me one thing you've learned about your mojo. I cannot wait to see you take this quiz and get the resources that you need to scale your business like the CEO that you truly are. So head over to rebeccak.co forward slash quiz and take the quiz right away. Let us get you to scaling minus the burnout plus the time freedom that you've been dreaming of. You are listening to episode 25 of the Solo to CEO podcast. So some of you may not know, but how I landed into the online space was through blogging. So I was a lifestyle blogger and then I moved into productivity blogging and then I decided to start my coaching business, which is now supporting female entrepreneurs in setting up systems and preparing their business for massive growth with a team. But I say this because I have always loved Pinterest and what it stands for. And I kind of think it's one of the internet's best kept secrets because I feel it's that one social media platform where your content can work for you and create visibility for you way after you have posted a pin 
And that's why I wanted to bring in a specialist to help you all find out how to actually get started with Pinterest and start to put in a sustainable marketing strategy so that you can start to get leads coming into your business, even in your sleep, like literally in your sleep. So today's episode is with Domitil Siaholic. So Domitil is the founder of Mademoiselle Social and she is a Pinterest strategist. She helps coaches and service providers create a sustainable marketing strategy using Pinterest as their main tool for their lead generation and online visibility. So you definitely want to grab a pen and a notebook because I took so many notes during this episode and Domitil literally gives us the blueprint to help us get started in creating that Pinterest strategy that will not leave us even more overwhelmed because the purpose of this is not to create just one more task for you to do on your long to-do list, but is to show you how to start thinking long-term and start creating that long-term game plan for your business to scale. So I hope you enjoy this episode and let's get right into it. Hi, Dami Teal. Welcome to the Solo to CEO podcast. How are you? Hi, Rebecca. Thanks. I'm really good. And you? I'm fine. Thank you. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a bit more about yourself and what your business is about? My name is Domitil and I'm the owner and founder of Mademoiselle Social, which is a Pinterest management company. So basically, I help coaches and service providers use Pinterest to create a more sustainable strategy to kind of avoid, I like to call it the fast marketing that, you know, Instagram or social media kind of impose on yourself. That's pretty much it, trying to help them, you know, create something that feels good in order to market your business. Amazing. And as at the time of recording this podcast, we've just experienced a six hour outage from Instagram like three days ago. So if you have been on the fence on creating a Pinterest strategy for your business, now is the time to like sit down and listen to what Tommy Till has to say, because it is so important not to put all your eggs in the social media basket. Exactly. So tell us about you know, Pinterest sometimes is grouped into social media, mm-hmm. but in my view, it's not really social media. So maybe tell us a bit about how Pinterest actually works. Okay. So the fact that like, Pinterest is usually, you know, grouped up with the social media thing is because it does have a very social component on the fact that pretty much Pinterest allow you to interact with the content on Pinterest. But what you like really have to understand is when people go on Pinterest, they don't necessarily want to be social. What they want to do is find solution to problems or questions that they have. And that's why Pinterest is actually not social media, but a search engine, just like Google. And if you had to compare Pinterest, that would be literally Google with images. Because basically, you enter a keyword in the search bar and then Pinterest just populate a bunch of images that we call pin. Um, and those pin, they're pretty much the same thing than the links you get on Google. Um, and that's the main difference between Pinterest and any other social media. For example, on Instagram, people go there because they want to be entertained or they want to, you know, keep in touch with what other people are doing or with their family. They want to be social. On Pinterest, and that's like I like to call it like the um, introvert marketing platform because people don't necessarily want to be social over there. You can if you want, but it's not the main driving force of the platform. Yeah, and I am an introvert. So I think that's why I've always had this real interest in Pinterest because it's such a great way of having people see your content 
even if you're not online on social media all the time. Yeah, exactly. So tell us a bit about how can we actually get started with Pinterest? Okay, so the first step that I like to tell anyone when you get started is actually going on Pinterest and using it as a user, not as a business. Just go there and type in a keyword for anything you're interested into. So like, let's say, you know, if you're a coach and you start your coaching business, just type in like starting a coaching business and then see and just interact with the platform. That's the first thing I always try to tell people because most of the time, we need to see that a lot of people never actually tried Pinterest and they're ready to jump in as a business, but they never really interacted as a user. And what makes Pinterest different is the user intent. So that's the first thing you want to do. You want to understand how you would navigate Pinterest as a user. Then the second step you would take in order to get your business on Pinterest is, you know, to get ready. So you would gather your information, try to understand how the platform works. That might be the time where you want to invest in like an ebook or a mini course or something like that to understand how to get started. But the thing you do want to have in place is a content strategy because Pinterest needs fresh content. Um, and you want to know why you want to use Pinterest. Because it's not going to be enough to you to be on Pinterest and be like, okay, I'll just repurpose my Instagram posts because that's not working. Pinterest works best with longer type of content. So it's not that you can't repurpose your Instagram post on there, but you do want to be very intentional on how you do it because you have to reformat the post and you might want to actually rewrite the description and have better keywords and then even maybe repurpose the Instagram post as a blog post so you can have a fresh URL. Um, so you do want to get all those things ready. And ideally, you would also have a few nails because Pinterest is a top of funnel strategy. So basically, it's going to give you traffic to feed the top of your funnel. But if you don't have a funnel in place, then you get, you know, you grab all that traffic, but you have no idea of what you want them to do. So it's kind of like wasted traffic because you didn't think about where you wanted to take them. Your first step would actually to do your keyword research because as we just um, said, Pinterest is a search engine. So without keywords, you have very minimum chance of being found. So by doing your keyword research, you can know what your ideal clients are looking for in Pinterest and then what keywords you will want to target with your content and how to use them on Pinterest to make sure that when you start publishing your pins every day, they get found when people are looking, you know, on the Pinterest platform, either way in the, with the search bar or like on their home feed. You do want to use keywords because this is the number one way where people can discover your content. There is a following tab, but it's really not that important. Your content is distributed to your followers, but it has a much better chance to reach a bigger audience with keywords. Because if you only rely on followers on Pinterest, it's just you limit yourself to that number of followers. When you actually use the keywords, you have such a bigger audience to reach. And then your last step to get started would be to optimize your account. So a lot of people, you know, think like, oh, that's taking so much time. It's such a, such a hard thing to do. So I'm not going to do it. But it is so important to optimize your account because this is the step that tells Pinterest what you're about. And if you don't tell Pinterest what you're about, it's just like Google. They're going to be like, okay, I don't really trust you. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know how you can help my users. So I'm just going to like, I'm not going to show your content. So by optimizing your profile, you're actually telling Pinterest, hey, I'm doing that. This is the content I create. And this is where you should show my content to people because I help them with that specific topic. And to optimize your profile, you just need to use the keywords you just search for. 
And so you'll place keywords in your name, in your description. And then when you're creating your boards, you want to make, to make sure that those boards are keywords that you found and match the content you've created. And then from there, you can think about strategy. But this is definitely a more advanced, you know, a more advanced Pinterest users because you do need those steps before thinking even about like how many pins you're going to, you know, pin per day. Hi there, I am interrupting my own episode to give you an exclusive invite to my weekly live trainings on all things system setup, scaling your business with the right foundations and all the tech in between. All this happens in my Facebook group, the Solo to CEO community, and I do have regular guest appearances to help you scale your business even faster. Head over to rebeccak.co forward slash community to jump in or check out the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to welcome you in there. I like that you've laid the groundwork so nicely because I think people think a lot of times that going on Pinterest is just pinning, 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 but not really thinking of the SEO behind it because that's really what drives the traffic that you want to see that is going to convert into leads and potentially clients at the end of the day. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So maybe tell us a bit about the strategy behind it also. First of all, before we even get to the strategy, tell us about the no-nos because I know you have a few of the no-nos for us who have been on Pinterest or maybe for someone who's thinking of going on Pinterest. What are the things that are absolute no-no? So the absolute no-no that actually drives me crazy is to use Pinterest as Instagram or any other social media, because it is not what it is. Um, so there is things that are right for Instagram and that won't work on Pinterest. So all the funny reels, for example, they're awesome on Instagram because they allow you to connect with your audience. That is already a little warm up to you. On Pinterest, you have to think that it's a cold audience, so they don't know you, and they don't really want to see like a funny reels of you they want to know what you can bring them in terms of solutions and services and answers to their questions so you can repurpose your instagram post or your instagram content for sure but you have to make sure that it's educational and that it always brings and answers a question for your ideal audience that's the number one thing pinterest it's its own platform and it has its own set of rules and you can't just like repurpose instagram like that on pinterest because first of all it is kind of two, you know, competing marketing platforms. So Pinterest doesn't really like that you're not creating the content and following their rules. And then second of all, the users on Pinterest don't interact with the content the same way that they do on Instagram. So that would be my first thing. Like if you're going to repurpose your content on, on Pinterest, make sure that you resize your pins to follow Pinterest guidelines, that you do uh, your keyword research and you add keyword descriptions, and then that you make sure that it's intentional content for the platform. My second one is that you've, like, a lot of people are actually following outdated strategies. So it used to be super easy to, like, drive a lot of traffic or at least getting, you know, to, like, a million monthly views or this kind of thing. On Pinterest, you used to, like, people used to just repin a bunch of pins of other people's. It's not working like that anymore. If you're going to be on Pinterest, you do need a strong content strategy of your own. You need blog. Um, a lot of people will tell you that you don't necessarily need blogs, but I do really believe you need blogs. And even if your blogs are short because you will just repurpose an Instagram content, what you want is those URLs, those fresh URLs that will like feed Pinterest needs for content, for example. So lots of pin per day is also a no-go. You don't want to be pinning 100 pins per day 
The guidelines now is like between 15 to 25 pins per day, not even, not more. I have clients account that do really well with 10 pins a day. And most of those pins are their content. They're not repins, so meaning that you would save someone else's content. They're most of the pins that we are publishing every day are their own content. And then you do not want to spam your keyword descriptions with hashtag. So it's actually really funny because Pinterest just say that hashtags were still working because for a while we used them on description. And then after we were told that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't necessary, they were not working anymore. And then they just came back and say that it was working, but it's still like, it's not the way you want to go. You can add like one hashtag at the end, but it's not like Instagram. You don't want to have 30, 30 hashtags. You want to use this description to add the keywords that will help categorize your content. I get it. Okay. That is very, very helpful information because I think a lot of times we just go all in and you see what people are doing maybe in the tailwind communities or wherever it is. And then you assume that's what you should be doing. And I know of late, there's also, you know, Pinterest, I think it's called idea pins. Mm -hmm. And I've seen people repurposing reels as well there. Yes, But like you're saying, it's so important that it's integrated with your overall content strategy because people don't go there for entertainment. They go there for learning and finding a solution to a problem. Exactly. And that's actually an awesome idea to repurpose reels as long as they're educational and they'll bring, you know, something to the audience because you definitely don't want to be like, I mean, you know, there's the hamster wheel of the content strategy. You don't want to go there either. Yes. Yes, that is true. You want to be smart about your content. Yeah. Yeah. So is there like a, an optimal ratio between your own content and, you know, promoting other people's content? So um, <laughs> that's always the hard question to answer because there is not... The thing that you want to keep in mind is that you need to be consistent with Pinterest. That's the number one key on being successful. It's like it's going to take six months to eight months to actually see results. And if in those months you're not consistent with your opinion, then you're definitely not going to see results. So the thing that I like to say when people are trying to find out, you know, what ratio they should do is that see at how much content you have and how much content you're creating on a monthly basis. And then from there, so for example, with my clients, I like to have four URLs, four new URLs per month. So this way, I always have new content to pull in. But when I have clients that maybe only write one or two blog posts a month, then that's when I'll go and have a little more of other people's content. Because obviously, it's not an ideal user experience if you're like spamming Pinterest with the same two URLs every day so you do want to mix your content and you do want to absolutely avoid to send the same url in the same day like it's one url per day pretty much so um, let's say you have two blog posts you do want to have like one url on monday and then you could put your two blog post url on monday but then you don't put four pins going to those two urls right it's like two on monday two on tuesday two on not the same url twice during the same day does that make sense that makes sense. So from what you're saying, um, Pinterest likes you to promote original content as opposed to content that it has seen before. Yeah, exactly. Like there is kind of a categorization for your pins. So if you have a brand new URL that has never been published on Pinterest, this is your gold pin. This is the one you want. Then you could have the same URLs, but with the completely new images. This is something that also do very well on Pinterest. And then you would have repurposing a pin that you've already been pinning on Pinterest, which is okay, but you don't want to do it too much. And you at least need to have six months in between those two same images to go to the same board. 
So you can still send your pins to multiple boards, but you don't want to be pinning the same pin to the same board within six months. Got it. So just try and do more original content as opposed to evergreen content. Exactly. So maybe let's go into now the systems and the tools behind it, because I do know that there are a few tools you could use to just make this less overwhelming, because most of the listeners are busy female coaches like me, and we don't have the time to be on Pinterest for two hours a day, repinning content and pinning our own content. So tell us a bit about how we can make this a more efficient strategy. Okay. So you know how I told you consistency is the best way to go with Pinterest. So I actually have a framework I like to use to make sure we're consistent that I plan, I research, I create, and then I schedule. So when it comes to planning, pretty much every month, I'll go and I'll double check, you know, what performed well. And then I'll reuse the one that performed well, and I'll create more pins for the one that performed well. Then when you do your research, it's always the keyword researching. You want to make sure that you have a keyworded description the way you can do is that you can ha- actually have what we call templates. So it's easy. You just have to like switch the templates with the right keywords, but then you don't have to come up with like uh, descriptions from scratch every time. Then when you create, it's doing your pins. I'm using Canva. Obviously, it's like one of the easiest platforms to do those things. And then same here again, you want to have templates already made with your branding colors and everything. So you really just have to change the title and change the image and then you download your pin and you upload them. And so for scheduling, which is obviously the, I think the, the main one, even if there are some other schedulers, but you do want to use Tailwind because the thing with Pinterest is that you do want to have pins going out every single day of the month. But as you just said, you don't want to be on Pinterest every day. That's like not sustainable at all. So Tailwind will allow you to upload in batch your pins um, add your description, your link and everything, and then actually schedule them in advance to make sure that your queue is filled for the months. Oh, I love batching. So everything you've said just resonates with me because I love creating content in a way that I can batch and schedule in advance. And that's something that's a bit difficult to do on social media because you almost have to be posting in real time. Yeah. And Pinterest once again wins because it gives you the flexibility of doing all this planning upfront Mm -hmm. and not having to be there every single day to see, okay, what do I need to post today? What do I need to post on stories or whatever it is? Exactly. So that's so, so, so valuable for us. By also batching like that, it allows you to be more intentional. So to actually go into strategy, because when you do, you know, day to day, you can't step back and see what performed or what didn't perform. So basically, when you're in the day-to-day of Pinterest, you, you're not intentional. And the entire purpose of Pinterest is being intentional. So by batching everything, then you can, at the end of the month, you can take that step back and be like, okay, what did I do that do well? What did I do that didn't perform? What can I, you know, do again? And what should I just leave on the side? Oh, this resonates with me so much because I have actually just started having content batching days (laughs) and this is going to be so useful, like what you have shared this framework, because it's going to allow me to be able to literally focus on Pinterest on just that one day Mm -hmm. and then the next content batching day review and then do more of what's working, which is what I think you're trying to explain. Yes. Love it. Love it. So I know you have a three pillar strategy. Or you talk about three main pillars on a sustainable Pinterest strategy. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a bit about what that is? So your three pillars on Pinterest will be sustainable, 
is that you want to take like the optimization of your profile. Um, you want to be very thorough. So take your time on keyword research and take your time on optimizing your profile because this is going to be the base to be sustainable on Pinterest. Once you've done that once and well, you can leave it for a quarter and you can revisit that in a quarter, just making sure that, you know, you have the like the right keywords or if there's new keywords you want to target. But once that is done, then you can move on to going into your image creation, which is going to be the next pillar to be successful on Pinterest. Because once you have the keywords, you're going to match those keywords and the content you're creating into top scrolling pins because so your pins going to compete with a lot of other people. And in those images, your second pillar on Pinterest, you're going to want to make sure that it's easy to read, that the title is enticing. So, you know, it does tell people what they're going to find and then how you can play in their emotions to make them click on your pin. And then you want to have like your brand colors or at least some branding. So your website, your logo or those kind of thing. I like to work with brand colors because then you can create templates and then it's easy to, you know, be super fast, which is always good when you want to be sustainable because you don't want to be like always creating new pins and new pins. So working with templates is definitely the way to go. But you can also play with colors because sometimes, you know, different audience respond to different colors. So if you feel like you're kind of stuck of seeing always the same color because of your brand colors, then just like play with the colors. Create a yellow pin, even if your branding is blue or those kind of thing, because you never know what's going to really tick your audience. And then your, your third pillar is to make sure that you always go back to what you've done because you do want to do more of what's working. So on Pinterest, you want to optimize, you want to create beautiful images, and then you want to check your analytics and knowing what's working. So with the analytics, you can see, you know, what pins have been clicked on the most, what pins have had the most impressions. And then from that, you can see what templates work the best, what keyword work the best, and then make sure that you incorporate those into your next month's strategy. So you don't have to always create a strategy from scratch on Pinterest. You can always take what's been working. And then when you mix what's been working with like fresh new content, then you get the winning combination. And that's why it's so important to batch because if you're doing it on like a day-to-day basis, you won't have time to do the analytics to review what is actually working. Exactly. Oh, I love this. So have you seen any like trends? Because I know Pinterest has also been going through so many algorithm changes. So are there any trends that we should be aware of that have been piquing your interest and your clients? So there is the idea of pins. So it's a very divided <laughs> trend though. Pinterest does push the IDI pins a little more in the content right now, but it does mean that you have to create a new content for Pinterest. It's not only your standard pins, so it, you know, it's, it has more work and it has like to us, at least as Pinterest managers, like a lot of adaptation and of the, this kind of thing. So I would say definitely try them on. They're like huge on Pinterest, but if you feel like it's too much for you, it's not that big of a deal. Pinterest can very much work for you without the IDI pins either, but it is always a good thing to try the new feature that Pinterest is giving you. And with IDI pins, so that they've shared lately that pretty much they like the IDI pins to be between like eight and 10 pages. You should try to choose like video content on IDI pins. They work pretty well and then you do want to add text to you know like the same with reels you want to add text to tell people what the idea pin is about but the thing to know with idea pins is that they don't link out of pinterest so it has to go with your strategy if you're using pinterest only 
to get website traffic, then IDIPins might not be the best way to go for you, or at least it shouldn't be the bulk of your creation. But you can use IDIPins as a way to get more eyes on your profile um, on Pinterest. So this way, you know, this reach of new people can translate into like clicks on your pins because then they'd be distributed your stand-up pin. That's the main trend right now. And then it's all like, it's the talk of like, should you use IDIPins or should not you, you know, shouldn't you use IDIPins? I always think that it's a good idea to try what the platform is giving you, but like I wouldn't completely, you know, throw my strategy away just to add idea pins. Mm, I like what you've said that only add it if you have the capacity to do so, but if you don't just focus on what you've been doing yeah. already. So idea pins are like stories, kind of IG stories. Is it similar? Yes. So they're similar in the way that their content that lives on the Pinterest platform, they like videos better and they're supposed to be very short and kind of giving you like a step-by-step or like a very actionable tip for people like that they could you know transcribe outside of the platform right away so they're different from instagram stories or instagram reels in the way that they're not there necessarily to entertain people they are there to educate and so you do want to make sure that you're using content that will educate your the audience on pinterest and that will make them want to follow you on pinterest or get more of your content on pinterest Got it. Okay, got it. This is so, so good. So much goodness you're sharing. Thank you so much. Any final tips you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, I just like, you know, Pinterest seems super overwhelming and sometimes it seems like it's difficult, but honestly, you should give it a try because once you get Pinterest rolling, it will bring you traffic for like pretty much ever. And then we have pins that are still performing and sending like, you know, hundreds or more clicks per month that we created like two years ago. So with Pinterest, you're making sure that you're creating the sustainable strategy that like gives you so much more, you know, time and room to work on your business or to work on anything else that you'd want. And then on top of that, it's a very good way to, you know, go into passive income and kind of scale your business because once you do have that like created for you and then it's on repeats, then it's going to work for you with pretty much in the background. You won't have to do anything. But just don't sweat it too much, though. It's like it's still a platform that value positivity and that is there to um, inspire people. So, like, you shouldn't make it, you know, so hard on you that like you're obsessing with it. It's like it's gonna have dips and down and up and everything, but it's just it's mainly a fun platform. You should take it like that. Thank you so much. I love that conclusion to this amazing conversation about Pinterest. Tell us a bit about where we can find you and if you have any exciting offers coming up soon. So you can, of course, find me on Pinterest at Mademoiselle Social. <laughs> then my website, same, mademoisellesocial.com. And I am on Instagram under Mademoiselle Social as well. I'm always available to answer any questions or any email and then I just published a Pinterest guide for beginners, which is it's taking you on the step-by-step. Step. We're covering also optimizing your account, but we're focusing on like understanding the platform as the whole for your business to make sure that you get all, you know, those few first steps uh, right before your strategy. And then that's, that's pretty much my new, my new ones in the way. Oh, thank you so much, Domitil. I mean, I have taken like three pages of notes just from listening to you. And I'm definitely going to put some of this into action. So thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge. Awesome. Well, let me know how it goes. I I definitely will. And we usually ask one fun question of our 
podcast guest. So our fun question for you is, if you had a superpower, what would it be? If I had a superpower, where would it be? You know what? I would love to be able to go instantly wherever I want. I would go, like, I would go visit my family just, you know, in a click of a finger. <laughs> Teleporting, yes. Yes. Yeah, we were just talking about how both Domitila and I live far away from our families. So I completely understand why that is such a, a superpower that we would love, love, love to have. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, Domitila. I really appreciate the time that you've spent. Thank you again for having me. All right. We'll chat soon. Bye. Hi. Hi. Before you leave, I want to give you an exclusive invite into my Facebook group, the Solo to CEO community for female coaches, where I go live weekly to give you my tips, tactics, and strategies to help you unlock your next level business with the power of profitable systems and automations. If you like what you hear on the podcast, I go in there even deeper in the community to help you scale your business faster and get even more clients with systems that are designed to scale your business. Sounds like something you need? Jump in by clicking rebeccak.co forward slash community in your browser or check out the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to connect and welcome you in there. In the meanwhile, do share my podcast with your fellow business besties and tag me in your Insta stories while you're at it at this is Rebecca K. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. Bye for now.